When I listen to your music, bro, it's uh there's a lot there. And for you to be 25 and that tapped in and that curious and that connected. When I thought about where I was going to kick the conversation off based on like your music and, and your art artistry because it was like so full I feel like you're a lot older than 25 bro <laughs> wow. like is it an old soul kind of thing like you you came here with this you didn't pick it up while you were here I feel like deep down into the core, yeah, it there are some unexplainable things that just like it just picked up for me for sure. Um, and it, it it helps that like the people I tend to listen to are more so classic. Um, if I think about them, off rip, like one of my major inspirations was Michael Jackson, but like even like young Mike. And I remember even as a kid, like, we're talking like actually post 2009. Um, I had seen this interview where he was like, study the greats and become greater. I'm more so just like tapped into that first half of it, which is like study the greats. Cause it was too, it was too much for me to understand what greater could actually mean. I just want to know what was great. So I studied Michael and then I, through him, I understood Fred Astaire. I understood um, anyone related to music in any kind of way that he drew from. Um, Jackie Wilson even, James Brown. And I started using him as a template for me to understand music. Like they're, like my earliest memories of even songwriting was because I was listening to the Thriller album and there was this one song, um, uh, Baby Be Mine. That's the one. And as it was playing, I took a notebook and a pencil at two in the morning on a school night <laughs> and was trying to listen to the phrases uh, and then reconfigure them into my own sentences that kind of matched with what the song was talking about. That taught me the, the, the structure of lyrics. Um, so when I say like, that those those things that like are of me, that that's really where it comes from. Always being around the thing, more acquiring it than trying to learn it. And your and your your acquisition is just natural. It's not like you're you're inclined mm -hmm. to move in that direction to to acquire that knowledge. Mainly, I'd say there were things that I definitely like. I learned as a tool, like a lot of things in performing, a lot of things in theory, right? Because I, I've had the ear since I was a kid. That, that, that was like a given. My mom even tells uh, some people sometimes of the times when she remembered I was like four, just like singing harmony parts and stuff, stuff like that. So that was like natural for sure. But then there was this other aspect that I learned as I went into like high school. So I went to Duke Ellington School of the Arts. And then I went to like college, uh, uh, Los Angeles College of Music. 
and they gave me fundamental pieces of tools I can use. Some call it SOFED, some call it the numbering system, but um, they're just, it, it, it's a good blend. Okay. It's a good blend. When I listen to your music, mm-hmm. I hear like 10 different people and things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially when I'm making the music, yeah. I hear uh, church music. Mm. I hear like old school harmony, bebop. I hear like electronic, experimental. I hear soul. I hear uh, Frank Ocean. Mm. I hear phony people. Mm -hmm. I hear beatboxing. There's just all of this stuff that's in you, man, that you're not afraid to experiment with and get out. Like, you don't have a sound, which is probably your sound. These kind of relationships that disturb when we don't take the time to know what it is to say, to know how to person you're listening to and looking at is a singer mm-hmm. he's a songwriter yeah he is a multi-instrumentalist mm-hmm. he, he considers himself a neo soul pop artist yeah <laughs> a lover of love i would say and yeah. spreading love yeah william carr man i appreciate you being on bro i uh had you in my sights since uh, Drew Kid introduced us. Shout out to Drew Kid. Yeah. And, and when you agreed to come on, man, it was a pleasant surprise to go through your albums, your singles, your process, just to kind of get to know more about you. And I'm excited to to share that story, man, and, and tap in a little bit more with the world. How, how you? How you been feeling? You just say you had a recent birthday, just turning 25. Yeah, yeah. When was the birthday? July 24th. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it feels so weird. It feels weird because the idea of what I thought my life was going to be, you know, I think I became so filled with these ideas of, of where I want to take my life and being so conscious of just meeting another person, how that was going to influence the trajectory of my life. Um, and then thinking about what that's going to mean for me as an artist, things of that nature. It's just a whole bunch of thinking, 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 thinking. 25 hits and something about my open-mindedness expanded more than just musically. It's like, oh, you're more than just a musician. You're more than just uh, a singer. You're a human being, which means you can be graceful and be honest with yourself and be kind to yourself and allow yourself to stay in this place of experimentation. You know, I feel 25, for instance, to make it even clearer, there for me is the idea that I'm supposed to have a high amount of, of a tax bracket. You know, I'm supposed to have this much income. I'm supposed to have this partner. I'm supposed to have all of this stuff. 
And it's so superficial and within, I don't know about the world, but I know American culture, like it's such, it's somehow so, so important to have all these things happen at once for a time that it once worked. Yeah. You know? um, and I don't know too much about history, but I do understand that like, we're just not in that economic space or place. We're not in that place of spiritual growth and mindset for us to really like think that we ought to have all these things. I don't think we're meant as human beings to have all these different things all at once, you know. One of the things, man, and so thank you for saying that. And it's so it's so um, interesting that you bring that up because that is something that I was going to talk about. It's I was born in 1976, bro. Mm. I moved out of my mom's house when I was 15. Um, not because I... Well, I had to. It was just the that was the dynamics then. A lot of my generation has so much to say about your generation mm -hmm. and like what you guys are doing, how you're doing it, what you're not doing, what you're not capable of doing, mm -hmm. and I don't think we fully understand at least my generation the types we had pressures growing up and in our in the 80s and in 90s and those sorts of things but i feel like the there's a there's something different that i feel that is on you all and a lot of it i feel relates to this pressure it, it, and, and and one of the analogies that i was using was um cheesecake factory it i don't like going there because the menu's too big and I get, mm -hmm. I get a sense of anxiety when I have too many choices. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now I feel like there's so much data that's being bombarded and imagining that I don't like consuming in that kind of way and, and how anxiety can, can get triggered from that. I'm, what, is, what is it like for a person like your age at 25 with all of this data, all of this information, and then having this gift alongside of it that you want to be true to, you want to express honestly, but you've got all of these other pressures that are real. I mean, we can say they're fabricated, but they, they are real. Yeah. How do you, how do you deal with that? I'd say it's hell. And um, I'd say that for me, I don't, I don't know. I genuinely don't know because <laughs> it, it's, it's the time I live in where I'm growing up with the damn thing. You know, it's like, I feel like I only had like maybe seven years without access to the internet. Okay. And the internet alone has made it so weird. I remember year after year, it became less likely for people to see you cross the street and say hi. And I've seen that happen for me. I've seen it hit me, well, I've seen it and then I've felt it hit me on a social level when at one point, because of the way the internet makes you think, um, the way social media in general just makes you think, it was like I had a moment where I used to, if someone dropped something, I'd pick it up and give it to them. Um, but around that time period, I had seen 
pretty much just like a whole bunch of BS online about, you know, just doing those types of things can get you in bad situations. So it stopped me from doing that. Mm. Simple things that were a part, that I guess are still a part of me, but you know, it, it gets to you. you I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. But I will say what's helped me is choosing times reluctantly, like just so I can be on it to center myself. Um, one of the things that overwhelmed me, aside from menus, I, I didn't know we shared that. But <laughs> <laughs> you too? Yeah, a yeah, lot, it's, a it's lot. A lot. Outlet malls, bro, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a yeah, thing. Yeah. It's a thing. I know for me... What's helped me, matter of fact, we'll stay on that, um, is as soon as I walk in the Cheesecake Factory, whenever I end up going, I'll actually just like go in with what exactly I want. And sometimes even that doesn't help because you, you, you're just there, you're just there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just try. I, I just try. You don't have a a typical sound, don't have a typical vibe. I feel like you're, I, I was listening to one of, a, one of your interviews and I can't remember exactly what the person said, but they were, they asked you about like your genres and stuff and you were saying that you really just want to be me. Yeah. And it's as simple as that sounds, it's really hard, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard because yeah. you've got to find your voice in this sea of infinite voices. Yeah. And sometimes the voices outside of you are louder than the ones in your head. And more than likely, the one in your head is a result of something that was outside of you that wasn't even your own. So then how do you sift through? And you and you mentioned um, centering yourself mm -hmm. and... Yeah. I'd be curious to know what that looks like for you, centering yourself. Oh, man. So one of the things that I've learned about me is that I came into this world very, very different. And that's not out of arrogance. That's just really looking at it like being born as a preemie baby. Like I was born six months and 29 days after being. Wow. Yeah. yeah. When I came out of the womb, I was two pounds. My dad could hold me in like one hand. Um, so that alone, that alone, a part of my process of living and breathing as a human being meant that like I experience things and feel things generally different than um, what they'll say like normal, typical people, normal, you know. And what that's meant for me is like trying to relate to people um, while being authentically myself, I've noticed in my youth had hurt people. Um, and then sometimes it would hurt me. There are times in my youth where people would make jokes, I genuinely did not get it. I didn't get the joke. Um, or I said something that was in no way meant with any malintent to hurt somebody's feelings and it did. So then you try to transfer that into like doing music. You know, you'll, you'll, get, you'll get that feeling sometimes that if I put this part into the song, they like, I hope they get it and then they don't. Um, that, that alone can, can 
can make me feel like I have to censor myself sometimes because I care about people and I care about what they may feel if, if, if I say something or do something. But I know the other side is that, you know, even when you try, somebody's not going to like something you do. Yeah. Somebody's, it's just the way the world works. And so that meant for me, when I'm making music, um, I got to be me. When I'm singing songs, I got to be me. And the way I navigate that tends to be first, when I sit down, uh, I, I tend to do this a lot, like where I think about certain people who I know are very good critical thinkers and critical judges. When they pop into my head for me, I know that if I make this thing, I go, are they going to feel a certain way? And when the answer is yes, I'll be like, okay, fuck it, I'm gonna put it in there anyways, because that's still me. I've, I've gotten so used to that process that I understand that's where I find me, so. So you, you're, using, you're using it in contrast to another. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. And, this, and, this, and the contrast is created from a person who you, who you value, who has, a, who has a high regard in your mind. Yeah, yeah. So you, you've got them there, you say, oh, I wanna put this in there. Will they, will they feel a certain way when they do if you if your if the answer is yes, you say I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. What's the value of having the contrast there if you're going to do it anyway? The value simply is that my feelings are always attached to something, and I have to acknowledge my feelings before I do something, uh, rather teeter more so to the cerebral side or the artistic side. Okay. So it's. I guess it really just is the fact that I can't shake that person off or, or that idea of the person or people or that, that mental model. Okay. Are you, are you in your head a lot? <laughs> so much. So much. So much. Yeah. A lot. What are you typically in your, what, what does the loudest voice say in your head? Hmm. I guess if I really had to think about it, it's, do they get it? Or do they get it? Yeah, no, no. That's the loudest one. Do they get it? Do they get it? And they meaning outside. Outside, definitely outside. Is, does that generate fear? Anxiety. More Anxiety. Specifically, it, it definitely does that to me. Yeah. I don't know why. I gen generally and genuinely don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have a, the voice that was loud, the voice that was the loudest in my head was probably, you don't matter. Mm. That's come but up for me. No one will care anyway. Yeah. So even if I had a thought to do something, be like, what the fuck is the point? What's the point? You don't matter. It ain't like, it ain't like people will care if you put it out. And it's crazy how that thought translated into not only will that thing that I'm dis debating on doing matter or not, I don't, my existence, mm -hmm. you know, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and that's, the, that's the, the creep of the voice and of a person who's in their head a lot because yeah. you, you, you focus on it long enough, 
you might even start here, but you end up landing somewhere completely different because that's the snowball, at least for me in my head of the thought. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it always started with that one and then be like, well, damn, I, I, I don't even have to be here. Yeah. It, it, but that's the that's the story. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I know uh, just in college too, like back from 2017 to 2020. That was in my heart even more so than just my head when I was thinking and, and feeling things because I literally went from like, first off, I went from being in DC and going straight into Los Angeles and arriving there, you know, my mom didn't help me set up. She couldn't, she literally couldn't, you know, there's a whole backstory to that, but um, I get there and my mom, my mom helped out, helped out virtually so that I could secure a place. And I don't know, it, even though it was like the best place to be, and it still is the best place for me to be, I know that there are way too many times I felt like so small. I went through existentialism mm. um, while specifically being in Los Angeles because I came across like people who, who still are literally my, my best friends and they're really cool people, artists, they all had these perspectives that I didn't even decide to take in, you know? Um, and it's not necessarily that they challenged my faith. They always respected what I, what I believed in, you know? But when you get to a place where you sit down and you realize, like, that there is no call to your purpose, that can make you feel like, okay, um... Well, uh, should I exit out, you know? Of, of? Life, yeah. for real. Like, I've, uh, I've dealt with suicidal thoughts a lot. There are moments of poverty that hit me and then hit my, my family, and I couldn't do anything about it. I'm sitting here in, in, in my apartment going over music that I have to get right for a grade, you know? The music was cool, the grade thing was troubling me. And then on top of that, um, I was inside the apartment working hard, trying to stay up because I had other, other stuff to do. And it felt like internally no one, or from externally to internal, no one was really paying attention to me. No one was really like trying to give me some time to, to think, to heal. I was thinking about the fact that at that time I also didn't have a, a, a literal job. Um, the grants covered pretty much how I could like function and live. There was just nothing really happening for me to feel like I was you know, worth the space. And that happened just enough times for me to feel like breaking and falling apart. And through that, however, which was the good thing. Um, and throughout the years, I realized I became somewhat of an absurdist, I'd say. Um, for like the people who are like into like philosophy and stuff like that, there's this guy who's like Albert Camus, and he's a guy from Algeria. And he died, but 
his, one of his works is uh, the myth of Sisyphus and the way he ties in the idea of the, of the Greek myth of Sisyphus and his life is essentially that like, you know, when you're going through life, it's okay to come to the conclusion that there's no purpose to it, no, no inherent purpose to it. It only means that you get to make that purpose or you can find the purpose rather through life as you're living it. Um, you know, generally like have some responsibilities that keep you afloat, mm-hmm. have experiences that teach you what to do in such moments. But overall, it's nothing to be upset about that this is the best you're gonna get out of life. So. When you yeah. said, um, there's no call to your purpose. Mm-hmm. That landed, bro. Yeah. Yeah, because in that time, it was like I gave up on God specifically, specifically in, in the, the Christian faith at that time. I'd given up on it because you, you get into that, that space where it's like they say you have a gift because you can sing really well, you can play something really well, you have something that essentially has a merit to it. And because it does someone else some kind of good, that's where you as a person can find your worth. And from the headspace that I was in at that time, it was really hard for me to, 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 to still be in alignment with that kind of truth after certain things hit because what we do today that's really considered like talented, which is true, is not something that really mattered much to us until there were certain frameworks that were put in place. Mm-hmm. If I think about like things I learned in classical music, you know, the Baroque period, the times of Mozart and stuff, a woman singing in chess voice was just considered ugly. But mm-hmm. that's what Aretha Franklin did. <laughs> that's something that like, like people we look up to they have a gift, they have a purpose. But if that, if it's, if it's, it was like, it was like for me, it was like a timing thing. It's like, because you have to be at the right place at the right time, that's the only thing that really dictates what kind of purpose you have. Because you're gonna come into contact with other people and they'll be able to help you decide for you what your purpose is. That's what I was thinking at the time. But How did that shift? It shifted enough because I gave it really just a lot more optimistic thought. And I don't say optimistic lightly. I say it like a, as a necessity because our thoughts and everything we think about them is truly as important as how we see them. Like, yeah, we could say the time for the Baroque period was so important for people to ser- uh, sing a certain way, but that literally does not take out today's people, like, yeah. like how they function, how they think. And we all exist at this time together at the same exact time, for real, for real. Yeah. At least the way I see it, honestly. So we're all doing some kind of good. And just the fact that purpose is, it comes down to how you think about things. I just thought it was like, it's time for me to literally see it as a good thing. Did you, were you raised in the church? Mainly, more so like in our own home with the church. My dad, 
my dad is like hands down my favorite person when it comes to like spirituality and being about finding God within yourself. Because like he's, he's straight up Christian, like he, he lives and breathes it. And he used to be a Muslim. Okay. Huh. He converted, he converted. Um, but the thing about my dad is, it was like, I don't know if he even really meant it, like for it to work out this way. But he put me and my brother, with, with my mom included, he, he put me and my brother, my parents put me and my brother into a lot of positions where we'd understand things from a religious point, Christian point. And so what that means is we went to different schools from, I think, from when I started kindergarten, I went to this place called New Covenant Christian Academy. And then from there up until around middle school, it was just Christian schools. But the amazing thing that I remembered looking back at it was how much they ingrained the Christian word into us. And bear with me, because this will make sense on the spiritual side, because this is more religious right now. But I remembered as they were teaching us the alphabet, we would had scriptures we would learn. So like A is like all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. B is like believe in, the, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved, Acts 16.31. And you know, you continue that to Z. You got all these different like, mental models essentially um, within the word that can remind you of the person that God is calling you to be based on these scriptures. They all have some, com- some kind of thing that deals with you as a person that you get to live by, a standard. Yeah. And so with that religious part, my dad, even with him knowing that we were going to these schools, he would always come back to us. And my mom would do this too. And pretty much be like, okay, so what is the Lord literally telling you, opposed to what anyone is saying? And from that, it was like day after day, I would go to God about things. My dad would be like, talk to him like you're talking to me. And where I'm getting at is like that, that, that spiritual side and that religious side, they came together over time to where even in that part, that place where I thought I'd like literally like left God, in the core of myself, I was still spiritually afloat. I still had something yeah. to give and guide me with purpose and living life. That was a lot, but no, it, um, it, it's, I, it's the power of your of your of your of your parents. I don't know. Sometimes, man, I feel like. Today's my dad's birthday. Wow. Happy birthday. Yeah, he passed away a while back, but he would have been uh, 81 today. Yeah. And um, he was an extremely religious, religious and spiritual, but mainly religious. And I would be heavy in the church. I was singing the choir. My dad sang in the choir. Yeah. Couldn't sing a lick, but you know, my dad was one of them dudes to where... <laughs> It don't matter, bro. Yeah. He yeah, gonna sing go as it. loud as he can yes. for Christ. That's just that's just that that was him, and I yeah. loved it. And and even to this day, I have such fond memories of that, especially now since he's gone. But I also, like you, went in another direction 
from the religious standpoint. Yeah. And my father would be real big on, you know, dropping these Christian gems, these yeah. seeds, and they were just planting. And it's funny because I was just talking to a homegirl of mine yesterday and was telling her, I wish my father was here so that we could have, we would have very different conversations about religion now than we used to have because I feel like I understand it in a way that I didn't understand it, you know, when I was, you know, in my 30s or whatever. But sometimes our parents are not talking, are not speaking to who we are. They're speaking to who yeah. we will be. That's true. And they're planting those seeds for the future us yeah. to to water and feed from. And that and our and the present self just doesn't get them necessarily always yeah. but yeah. Yeah, that 40 yeah. year old William yeah. gonna be like oh okay I got yeah. what I, I, I got what that man yeah. you know and 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 that's the beauty of time man and love and grace is that once you if you if you live long enough yeah you'll you'll see it you'll see it so that's that's dope with your dad and mom are they are they still together were they they are you no they, they split up uh 2013 oh okay and then well, they, they initially split up 2013, and then the divorce was finalized, like, some years later. They've been apart, but the love is still there, you know? That's the good. love is in, inescapable. And you got a brother. Yeah. Um, through, through my dad, um, there's a lot of siblings that I have. Altogether, I'm the seventh of eight siblings. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Pop. Yeah. I yeah. got you. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dad, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. the voices, the pressure, yeah. will they get it? Mm -hmm. You've done a lot of singles and then a few projects with like some EPs and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to go to moments was before spirit, right? No, spirit was first. Spirit was first, yeah. Okay. The album cover. Mm -hmm. Where'd the album cover come from? Mm. It was so intuitive, that, that, that moment in time. That, it was so intuitive. I have in my mind's eye, my mind's ears, this multifaceted artistic expression of just music alone. So as I was feeling out the album for what it was going to be, the images came to me and I knew how to get it, which was interesting for me um, because I just started relating to like how to like edit stuff, you know, on iMovie and stuff like that. And what came to me was the image of like, brightness and, and um, brightness like, like these lights for real, for real. But having this figure that looks a, a bit ambiguous, um, but has this like, this divinity about it. Because that's, that's, how I, that's how I perceive everyone's spirit to actually be within ev everyone. That it's going to be this this thing that we can never truly 100% articulate with words, music, all of that. 
but you'll see it through the light that shines in everyone. I, I truly believe everyone has a light to them. So off of that concept, what that became was um, me drawing out this figure on a sketch pad and pairing that image, blending it with my own tapestry that I had at the crib and then doing a little bit of editing so that that same concept I had in my head, I could then just have it. And, and it was like one of those like, you know how people have first takes with songs? That was like the first take with the image coming up with that. That's how the image came about. And what were you attempting to do with that album? Yeah, so when it came to that album specifically, I wanted to tell the journey, uh, if you will, of one person's soul or spirit going through life. Um, when I made life, it was already envisioned what life would seem to be like if you could see a child being born uh, through the mother, essentially. What, for me, I had to be more specific to me. Again, going back to the thing of me being me, because to everyone else it could be subjective. But I know for me, life sounds like the notes where like up, like in the song it's F sharp and then you have all these different notes that are building up to carry the weight of that. It's no different than like the journey beginning to start. And then as soon as the baby comes out and is welcomed into the world, you get that fall of chords, you get that fall of, uh, Symphony, music, you get yeah. all of that. You get awakened to what this world is going to bring to you. And so from there, that starts the whole journey throughout like the, the whole album of, okay, what do we see? What becomes of the world? So from uh, life, you get spirit track. You know, that one, <laughs> that one, that one was like maybe two or three days within the process. Um, but with me making that track, it's really as simple as it is. I was like, there's a fire burning. There's a fire that is burning inside your heart so hard. You know, all that. That's me trying to make sense of how the spirit operates versus how you and I operate. You know, on, on a conscious and unconscious level, let's say. Yeah. You know? That whole song is me trying to articulate that the energies, if you will, that you and I use to navigate life, to talk, to sit, to pose, to do anything that we do, comes from that ambiguous state that we can't really define or really get into, but it's there. Mm. And so from there, you got all these different tracks, even down to the last track, which is Death. Death, yeah. That one hits me so hard because huh, when I made it and then reflected on it, I didn't know if I wanted to keep hearing it because it felt a bit prophetic. Um, mm. It felt a bit prophetic for me, especially because the aims of this album was to give that journey uh, a conclusion, a close. Not self-prophetic. No, not necessarily. Okay, not, not okay, okay, okay. 
Uh, okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah. Okay. It's but but it was definitely like prophetic in a way that like the energy alone is just too much for me to handle. Um, I don't know if you have have that or if like anyone does, but like you know, there's just certain songs, whether you made them or someone else, a movie, a book, that at some point it hits you on a deep emotional level. You can't fathom trying to finish it because you don't know if you can take it. That's what that was. So, yeah, the Spirit album, that's all about the journey of just one soul living a life. Yeah. Death, bro, here's what I liked about death. Yeah. And now that I understand the concept yeah. of it, of the, of, the, of the album, or now that you shared the concept of the album, I felt like you were taking the sting out of death mm. with the song. Wow. And your chord choices and stuff. I was like, it, yeah. it's just a part of life. It's not yeah. that bad. It, it, can, it can be, and I, I watched my father pass yeah. in the hospital. We were together. It was a beautiful death. Watching him transition was one of the most beautiful moments I have ever had in my life up to this point. And listening to your song, oh. it, 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 it made me feel like it doesn't, it, it's not... It can be doom and gloom, but yeah. you were choosing to, it was almost like you're riding into, it's funny because I think in pictures, like uh, uh, landscapes and stuff, and, and, and in my mind I was hoping, I wanted to hear, I wanted to hear something that reminded me of a sunset. Okay, finish that thought. I'm going to tell you the process. Okay. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. You're so good. No, you go, go. You go, man. You go. You sure? Yeah, yeah. Sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Go. Because that's... Dude, so when I made the song, I, at first, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to, like, do it because it was already, like, two in the morning. I had just finished all these different tracks. Death became one of those tracks where it was like, I'm going to put this in after I already did, like I already came up with it. Because around 2 a.m., I wanted to go to sleep, but I was like, I'm not, something's calling for this to happen. So I thought about the, the journey and I thought about death. And honestly, a lot of what you said is a big part of that track um, to the point that after like making it, the sunrise, the literal sunrise at 5 a.m., I'm seeing it shine through, and it felt like this moment that just, like, came together, and it was like, yes. Not only do I feel this in, in the music, but it's showing itself in real life. Yeah. It's poetry. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, um, I wanted to do a music video with me arriving to a gravesite, arriving to someone who the past, no one in particular, um, but I wanted, I wanted to capture that because that's what I was feeling. Yeah. Um, so it's crazy that that's what you ended up like. Yeah, that, that, it. that was I it. I didn't expect much of it to really uh, connect in that way that's like really real for me, that, that you found that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can... Um, It's how I know I'm feeling something. Yeah. 
I, 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 have to, I have to focus on something. This is how I can tell if it's good. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily sonically or beautifully. Like, mm -hmm. does, it, does it paint a picture in my head that I can, or does it even inspire me to want to create my own picture? If I just if I just listen and it and nothing moves me, then it's not for me. At that time, "Songs in the Key of Life" is an album I wasn't I didn't rock with when I first heard it. It mm -hmm. took me a little while to, to to listen to it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's a it, it's the it's the timing thing. But your uh, your songs even with uh. With, with other people's joints, they, that's how I know it's good because it's like, oh, it can paint a picture. I can see something, and in what I'm seeing, I can feel something. And, some, and it works. The feelings and the, the, the visions almost like play off of each other yeah, yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um, some people who I work with or do music and stuff with, they're, the words are colors for them or the, the, the sounds are, are colors. Mm -hmm. But for me, they're more pictures. Yeah, chronesthesia. I have that yeah. for like the notes and stuff. Where like off rip, I don't know why, but it's in there. Where like B flat has a certain sound that A doesn't have, and all these different notes they have different colors to them, like literal colors to them. So you were doing singles before mm -hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I was because free, which ended up on the album, was just gonna be a single. Free is dope too. Thank you, thank you. Which we were talking about before. Yeah. Like, listen, yeah. dude, you 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 got joints. And listening to you now, I can I, I appreciate you coming on, dude, because it helps. It's adding context around what it is that I'm seeing and what it is that I'm feeling within like your in like your work and what oh, you do. I doing. see, I see. But thank you. Um, you were doing a lot of singles where you. At the time before you did the album, mm -hmm. or, or the, the 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 full albums or the EPs, were you like formulating your process for how to put a project together, learning how to do that? Um, it's very very little. I would say ten percent was probably that. I think most of it was just getting the chops in to understand how to take something I was already doing and do it for the sake of other people listening to it. Yeah. Um, which I didn't, like even with me doing it, I still wanted to be you know, true to myself, of course, but like when I made these singles, I was playing around at the time with how good I could get my mixing ear, engineering ear even, good at like, our, articulating what people would be able to hear and process and be like, oh, it, it at least feels good. Because at the time, um, what was it, 2018 or 2019, there was this person I uh, got in contact with um, and their response to my tracks was that it was going to take me a long time before I was going to be able to like just self-produce because they thought like this, the quality of things weren't there. So I started just like taking from that notion. I was like, okay, how can I do better? You know, even like sonically, like how can I actually do better? What, what, what can I do? 
And then the answer became, I have to mimic other, other great people, you know, or other producers that are doing certain things. So that meant like Charlie Puth, right? I listen to his music and I listen to his songs. There's a warmth to his quality, the sonics of it. And I learned that that meant for me, I'm gonna go into this logic and I'm gonna do this, that and the third, the mechanics of it, you know? Um, and that was just me talking about mixing and mastering. Also learning how to do that on purpose so that I could also train my ear when to do it, like when I actually want to do it. Mm -hmm. Similar to like a good person who's like really good at singing, but they'll play around with their voice or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say a, a, a lot of it was really just trying to get it in. Cause you can hear that, mm -hmm. yeah, in the yeah. in the in the singles versus like the the sonics mm -hmm. definitely improved mm -hmm. with uh, spirit, mm -hmm. yeah, moments, mm -hmm. and the black joints you did, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, especially black like. Like the the uh, the the pain joint, yeah, um, yeah, or the 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 the, the, all, the whole it was like four in there or whatever. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The four and then the love, like you 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 could tell that the the the, the Sonics, you you I, I didn't know if you had like stepped up your skills or got somebody else to do it, but it, it sounds. No. Yeah, it was it was definitely like okay. So for for Black Pain, I the Sonics of it. I got the inspiration from listening to a lot of punk and a lot of uh, grunge back in like college years because the way that it was unsettling uh, to hear a song that had way too much of what they call high end, you know, for anyone who like look, look at this and be like, what is he talking about? There's a searing sound that comes about. There's certain times you listen to people's songs and it just sounds weird and uncomfortable to listen to. And I wanted to put that into the project because I think deeper than chords could ring. I just think that getting people to understand that black pain is very uncomfortable to listen to. Yeah. I wanted to times 10 that shit. So I wanted to really make it in the project. And uh, I, 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 I would like to say I did a decent job on that. Whereas on the flip side, black love has this more so, I, I would assume, like lush, plush, calmer, smoother quality to it. It's still raw. And that's something I wanted to keep on both projects. I didn't necessarily want to care too much about mm -hmm. the polishing of, the, of those uh, things as much as I wanted to make it a consistent line and story about how it was feeling. Um, so for those projects, yeah, like, and I enjoy going back to them. I purposefully listen to them the least, so I can always come back to them <laughs> with fresher ears, you know, personally, I, yeah. Um, I liked Fear mm -hmm. in that one, in the joint. What did it start with, Mayhem? Mayhem, yeah. Yeah, I liked the, uh, yeah. I was like, oh man, I could, yeah, it was, it, 
Thank you. But I, but I definitely heard the the improvement on the chops. Mm -hmm. um, moments. Yeah. yeah. Was. Let me take a step back, dude. Spirit came out when in twenty one. Mm hmm. Yeah. You were twenty three at the time when that joint came out. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Okay. Just want to make sure I'm, I ain't tripping. And <laughs> <laughs> moments. You said moments. Moments, I think, it was 2022. Is a raw amalgamation of a timeline drawn from your thoughts, mm -hmm. moments, and fantasies. Yeah. And you just basically took the fragments and shared seven of the fragments. Yeah. How many fragments did you have originally? Whew. It was like 12, 13 of them. And... Then some, because you know how it is. You have more sketches than you have portraits, you know. But, yeah, it was a lot of them. Because for me, on that project, it was like, okay, let's go from where we did Spirit, where there's a journey that you want to make, a story you want to make that isn't necessarily centered into real life, but let's put it in there. I was like, for moments, okay, Let's put a little more of you into it while still having those pieces, those elements of life that you've lived that have been real. And so there, that meant that with all the other songs that I didn't include, I had to really be more like critical about what songs deserve to be on those projects, on that project, because you know now it was getting to a place of what have I experienced? What haven't I experienced? Summer Fling at the time, which is on the project, I think the last song at the time, I had no Summer Fling. I had never experienced anything like that. But I knew where to draw from because at this time I've had experiences with my friends. I've been in my head in my fantasy about like certain people I've had in my mind that I wanted to have those relationships with. Just because I, it was like, it was a weird thing. It was like, before that point, I had a five-year relationship, five-plus year. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. And because of that and being so young and then finally being single, it was like it gave me time to really think and feel a lot. So Summer Fling became that, that place to be like, okay, what can we say here? And that's just for Summer Fling, you know? The harmonies at the end of that joint, bro. Whew, yeah, thank you. Thank are you. nuts. Thank you. Thank you. I want to take the last 30 seconds or 45 seconds or whatever of that joint, and you're, you're, you're humming or doing some type of something with your voice at the end. You're doing, is there some type of harmony at the end? Are you talking about, um, is the part where we get past this, maybe we can walk in the park. Lay at home and chill in the dark. You can go back in the morning. And then after that, it comes like, is you trying to kick it? Are you talking about like... Hold on, I'm about to, I'm about to pull the joint up right now. Oh, snap. Okay. This here. 
This here right here. Yeah. That joint right that 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 yeah. that, that, thank, that thank piece. I'm like <laughs> Yeah, that okay. So a fun fact about that is there was a song that didn't make the project where I drew some inspiration from that because on this particular one that became more sketch, I just wanted to I always love jazz singers when they scat. Al Jarreau, like, baby. Yeah, it's like yo, yo, it's like yo, it, he's he's the king. He's, he's the king. The king. Or one of the kings, because like I know Bobby McFerrin, he's, he's, he's great too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like my personal favorite is, is actually Al But with that being said, there, it's something about the, the, the phrasing and just the, all the notes. Um, I remember listening, <laughs> this will be interesting to include, but I'll say it anyways. I had gotten, I had been high before on like psychedelics. And I remember one of the last thoughts that I had, you know, coming out of that experience and like having a revelation was while I was listening to some songs and scatting, I was like, what if every single literal like note had like more harmony to it? Now, in hindsight, it, like, that, that's not that nuance or different for real, for real. People have done that all the time. But for me, just adding that in that was so important to me because it, it it's like it's like slowing that world of scatting down so that you can see all these things you didn't see frame by frame. Yeah. So just including that 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 little bit was so important to me. Um, so so uh, psilocybin is a song on moments. Yeah. Is that the psychedelic experience you were talking about? Yeah. Yeah. That that was one of that was one of a. Uh, what was that? Was that the second track or the third track? I can't remember now, but it's it's on the project. Yeah, um, yeah. When when I when I took shrooms specifically, I was out in Los Angeles at the time. I did this gig out there. I was there for three days, and on the last day, that's when I took it. And after the trip, and after feeling all the feelings I was feeling on that day. Um, towards the end of that day and making it back, yeah, that that's literally when, yeah, yeah, yeah. You felt uh, was the, and, and that was your first time. Was that your only time? Oh no, I I took it like a couple more times after that. Okay. Yeah. How, does it does it help with the with being in your head all the time, or does it help <laughs> you understand what's going oh, on up there? Oh my God, it, it 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 liberated me in a lot of ways. Like it truly did, because I don't know what it, like I don't know why it works the way it does. I don't know how the creator just decided to like come up with this concoction that was like really good for human beings, but it worked. Because at the time I was working at Express and I hated working at Express, nothing personal, I swear to God. I just don't do well with that kind of environment and that way of making uh, money to make ends meet, you know? But when I ended up coming back after that vacation and walking into the store, I think for a solid month, nothing could get to me. <laughs> nothing literally got to me. I was like told I was gonna have only two days out of the week that I was gonna be like working. So I was like, 
all right, that's what we're doing. Nothing really bothered me in the same way that it did when I was consistently coming in contact with my demons. It was like, instead of fighting them, I could actually sit down and have coffee with them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I would say. Yeah, Isn't that crazy, bro? Yeah. To think that the way that you, the way that you fight is, the way that you win fights is by not fighting. Yeah. Well, Especially with the ones that are, that I, I, I'm a, I'm a psychedelic person. I do, I'm, I'm, mm. a, I'm ayahuasca. Yeah. I'm more on the um, ayahuasca side, but I have done mushroom several times. I've taken, I've had large dose uh, yeah. Yeah. breakthroughs or whatever, but I don't really do it much anymore. But you learn that a lot of the, a lot of what you're experiencing is like you're contributing to perpetuating it. And, you know, I, and I spent so much time in my life trying to figure out why I was broken and put myself back together. And then you just realize one day, I ain't broken. Like, I'm yeah. one of the most beautiful things yeah. that the universe ever created. I've been walking around here for yeah. 30, 35 years thinking that something is wrong with me. And it's so absurd mm -hmm. when you, like, when you, when you can really put the ego to side. And you can just see it for what it is. Mm -hmm. it, it just, and for me, psychedelics gives you an opportunity to like connect with the reality of a situation yes. and feel it completely. Like from the top of your head yeah. down to the toenail, the last toe, yeah. full yeah. body, yeah. full body yeah. connection to the absurdity, the love, yeah. like it's all the same shit. And it's hard to explain that to somebody who hasn't had an experience like it because it's it transcends words, language, you know. Yeah. But I, I I understand. I'm always sensitive to people who um, have psychedelic experiences. Mm -hmm. How do you feel you coping mm. with who you are and? How are you showing up in the world and the music that you're making and whether or not people get it and stuff like that? Are you are you managing that in a way that still allows you to get to the song or to get to the next idea in a in a way that where you feel like you're loving towards yourself? It's an ongoing battle, at least for me. Um yeah, I feel like the only way I've really managed is to keep fighting it in a good way. You know what I mean? Like, going back to the whole thing of, like, days where, like, I'll sit instead of fighting with my demons. It's like, I've recently watched myself with the help of a therapist and just you know, talking to family and being able to walk in or walk out to places, talk to random people, get that as... Uh, how can I say this? Get that as, as as just a regular thing to do, even though I really don't want to do it. Like I'm very expressive, and when you get to know me, you'll understand that. Like I can be very expressive. I can have these extra extroverted like moments, but internally, I truly do feel introverted. But I know that part of me has done good and has done bad. The more I've teetered to that side, so I know one of the things in life I want to be able to do is one day be able to be good at public speaking. 
I want to be like really good at, um, you know, cracking jokes on a on a whim. Like if I really want to make the place seem uh, neutral in its energy level, yeah. I hate walking into bad energy. I really do. I yeah. really do. Um, but I want to be able to do certain things like that. I want to be a father one day, and and I've looked up to it the older that I've gotten. But I know one of the things I got to do, simply put, is be responsible, be accountable, and really have confidence in myself. And I can't do that if I choose not to even talk to someone to to get it to get an understanding that you you're on this earth with other people. Mm-hmm. If I can't even do the simplest things such as that, then I've got a long way to go. And I'd rather see it in a good way as a journey for me to be able to be like. I'm here in the interview, you know, I, I'm, I'm here, I'm getting to know people, I'm listening to people, you know, these are, that, that's me, that, that, it's, I think we talked about this before, I don't know if we got this on camera, but it's trying, that, that, that's my coping strategy, it's trying, and, and having these goals, lifelong goals, that make it meaningful, that I use. Are you hard on yourself? A lot. I, as soon as you said that, I got back to a memory where I completely messed up. Like, in, in, my, in my mind, I, I really messed up. Apparently, when I think back to it, it wasn't that bad. But this, this, I can't remember what it was, so I'll just be general about it. I was in a class with my teacher, Aaron Bentledge, and we were doing something that was pretty much just not prepared. It was just not working. And Aaron wanting to instill with me, like, just, you know, being the, the ability to be responsible, she asked me, how did I think that I did? And I told her, um, you could honestly give me a 50, I feel like I failed. And I remember her whole face just changing me, like, you're so hard on yourself. <laughs> like, I, I, when I think back to it, I think there's so many times I don't even notice essentially is what I'm getting at that like I probably didn't even mess up that bad but I've totally went into myself and be like like idiot and you think afterwards why am I saying this to myself what are we getting at you're just having a moment mm. are you are you a, a loner yeah I love my friends I do but I'd I'd rather be alone a lot of times. Okay. Do you think that's a defense mechanism? Half. Yeah, half of it is definitely definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 What do you what what are you uh what are you afraid of? Failing people. Failing people that I care about. And having that that feedback, that feed that feedback loop that happens when you do fail a person in some ways, even if it's not really failing them, maybe you just like disappointing them for a second, you know, or you, you said something and rubbed them the wrong way. It's just the fact that you could fail miserably at someone trusting in you when you're really trying hard to be accountable, to be um, these things that are so important. 
yeah, I'm just afraid afraid of that deeply. You know, that's going to come out a lot, bro, when yeah. a baby. Yeah, yeah. I used to, um, I had somebody here, uh, an older guy, one of my older, uh, one of uh, another, a previous guest. We were talking about kids, and I was telling him how I used to not want a kid mm. because I was afraid of fucking up the kid's life. And at the time, that was my honest thought. Mm -hmm. And as I was sitting there talking to him, and I said it out loud, I was like, I wouldn't fuck up a kid's life. (laughs) (laughs) Right, 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 yeah, yeah. Why would I, that was the the narrative, though, that I I was telling myself and other people, I'm afraid to have a kid because, you know, I don't want to mess up a (laughs) kid's life. I think I might mess up a kid's life, and I'm, and and in my and in hindsight, it's like no, I wouldn't. We'd have difficult time. I mean, we would have the life of a human. Yeah. And the kid would experience all the things a human experiences. But like you, I did slash do prefer to be alone. Mm-hmm. But a big portion of it was this fear thing that isn't really there anymore because I do feel like I have value, like like purpose in those in those people's lives. Mm-hmm. It doesn't you have to equate to perfection necessarily, but that's where the grace and all of that comes in. Cause like I don't even know a perfect person. And every right. time somebody slips up in my life, it, it, it's never really as big as they think it is. And yeah. I've forgiven them long before they've forgiven themselves. Yeah. But that seems to always be the hardest part, you know, for somebody to forgive themselves and to accept themselves. Because um, mm-hmm. that is that is a big part of, like, this life, man. Because um, will they get it? Mm-hmm. Yes and no. That's going to always be the answer. We can just stop fucking asking it now. The answer going to always be yes and no. Wow. Some people going to get it and some people not. Now, what's the next answer? What's the next question? Because we got to come up with another question. Because that's literally going to always be the answer. (laughs) Yeah. The the question is, at least for me, am I capable of reflecting what's on the inside? Do I have enough skills, tools, resources, connections to take what I have in here and bring it out? Yeah. That's the only fucking question. And then I have to figure out the answer is no, the answer is yes, then move with that understanding Work to acquire what you can, improvise without it, and then just move to the next thing. But even if I execute it flawlessly, somebody going to get it and somebody ain't going to get it. Yeah. And am am I happy with the way I hit the note? Am I happy with the way? And that's that okay with being me thing, man. 
That's the that that that's what I felt you were saying in that. Even when you were referencing Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson and being able like the presence. It's a it's a it's a I felt you were describing a time with which you can just be you and be okay. Whether it's behind a band, whether it's you being up there by yourself, whether you want to play, whether you want to fucking do harmonies nonstop or mm. add some, you know, electronic stuff to it, some sense or whatever, whatever you feel the universe is compelling you to do, yeah. you want to do that with your chest out. And that's all I want to do too, bro. Mm. And I'm figuring out that in real time at 47. Crazy. At 47. The age don't mean nothing. You know, and I think that's one of the things that older generations have really done a disservice to the young people for. We're going through the same shit y'all going through. The problem with yeah. older people, man, is we don't want to invite y'all in. We want to give off this exterior like we got it all together. Ain't that many people you know living their dreams, bro? They live in a fucking uh, nightmare, mm -hmm. going to a job they don't like, yeah. finding substances to cope for making shitty decisions in their life. And every once in a while, they can smile in the face and then give somebody some inspiration. And then they judge somebody else for maybe struggling a little more financially mm -hmm. because, but they're living their dream. They're, 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 they're following a path that's unique to them. Everybody can't say that. More people, more people can say they working at a shitty job and have no plans to get out of it. More people can say that than, than can say, oh, I'm actually following my dream. I'm actually, I'm actually putting myself out there to see if I can bet on me and win. We don't see that often. Hmm. And yeah. I think we, we as, and from my generation, especially man, when you're coming with the love shit, we gotta be more supportive of that. We gotta be, we gotta be more, we gotta let y'all in more to our process, bro. Cause we struggling too. We just as ill-equipped for a lot of this shit. And a lot of us just found out whatever we found out like six months ago, a year ago. And we, and a lot of the pressure that the younger people have is, is a pressure that we're putting on y'all because we got a standard that's not even relevant anymore. Some of it is, but some of it isn't. And we got to give the younger people room to figure it out and make what the new norm is going to be. It ain't going to be like our shit, but I don't know. I'm rambling, bro. But that's just. No, that was important to hear. For real, for real. It's, it's just how 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 I feel. I have a guy son who plays the guitar. Yeah. Dope. Can sing. Right. I'll play you his joint before we leave. And he's on. Uh, wanted to go to. Went to uh, Hofstra, up in New York, uh, the music school. And it just wasn't for him, man. He just he want to play music and hmm. want to figure it out. Not taking the traditional path, but he didn't get a lot of support, but uh, not when he wanted to do it. Because the, the, the easy route is the college route, not the easy route. The route that a lot of people push is the college route. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, 
How you feeling? I feel good. Really, really good. I feel, um, I feel like I'm getting a lot of knowledge out of this. And, and to, to go back to what you were saying about like the older generations, like what is it that you, you found in, in this time for like people my age, you know, that like you do connect with that you feel the older people are missing out on? Like what, what, uh, what do you think we're getting right? What I think y'all getting right? Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe not even just like right, like just like, if it's not the college route, right? You know, what, what is it about us that like you see in us that we're taking from your generation and, and, and pushing it to a better direction? In terms I, of like our goals and our dreams, you know all that. You know? I, I think I think there's more access to creating. I think society makes the path to making certain things easier and more appealing. Yeah. But there's a lot of routes that y'all can take. You guys are a lot more vocal. You guys are a lot more willing to call out bullshit. <laughs> yeah, we vocal. Some of it is some of it is some of it's wrong. Mm -hmm. But I like the spirit. I have a lot of knowledge. Mm -hmm but not a lot of wisdom. Wisdom is something that requires a little bit more time, a little bit more experience. Um, and more practice at implementing the knowledge in ways that are more constructive and, 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 and that just takes time, bro. You know, and, and, and but but I do think that y'all 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 are doing a lot right, and and it's important for us to encourage you all to be more open to taking advantage of more things that are at your disposal. You don't have to put a little in front of your name mm -hmm. if you want to be a rapper. Yeah. You don't have to rap about bitches and hoes mm -hmm. if you want to be a rapper. You can do harmonies. Mm -hmm. You can do all, you can do whatever it is that you want to do. Like the access, the, the, the direct to consumer market is there. Um, I just want y'all to choose more things. That's the only like it's the cheesecake factory analogy. Yeah, yeah. But I just want I was I just want y'all to just order off a different um page in the mm -hmm. book. Yeah. Like everybody's getting meat. I want somebody to get some can somebody order some some salmon yeah. or some lobster some lobster or something? Everybody's ordering the same or the majority of the people. Yeah. Yeah. But I um yeah that that's what I would think. Yeah, that, that's what I would say. Y'all getting right. That's what I would say. Y'all getting right. 
and wrong because I think it was like a, a a combination. Yeah, yeah. Of 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 both. I don't think we would do it any differently mm-hmm. if we were born when y'all were born. I think we would probably do the same thing oh, y'all yeah. y'all doing. Um, cause the same tools that are available to y'all are available to us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm just so much more rigid in my ways, man. I'm struggling with fucking gender pro nouns and trans and what is a man and masculinity and all of that. Mm -hmm. I thought I knew. I have 47 years of an idea of what this shit is mm-hmm. only to figure out that there's more and how much I had to shed, how much bullshit I had to shed mm-hmm. to, to even open myself up to, to that. Cause there is more, mm-hmm. you know, y'all a lot more open to receiving new information, but just because it's new information doesn't mean it's the right information. And that's what I mean yeah. when I say, like wisdom and parroting and things that yeah choosing uh, or like being like the way i see it is like being critical enough to to think for yourself while being open-minded to receive uh, the virtues of the world i guess yeah it's y'all not as y'all not as uh done Mm -hmm. as we are we a lot more done in our bake in our baking period. Like yeah, we, I've, I've always wondered, like, like when I was younger, I I wondered it more. But it was about why does it seem that when people get a certain age, there's a need to just like keep that level of openness like there, and not try to like push forward. Because I'd seen that, like, you know, you go to church, at least, like, the ones I've gone to, and I, <laughs> we, used to, we used to hop from different churches, like, people do bar crawls. It, it was interesting. But um, being in, in a place, let's say, like, church, you'll get a lot of generations in one place. Um, or when you go to certain other churches, you only get one kind of generation. Mm-hmm. And the way they receive the ideas from the pastor or the apostle, whoever is speaking, the, the way that they receive that information is so crucial simply because of how many generations are present, mm-hmm. present in, in that place. Like, there's a reason why there's a youth pastor, let's say, right? Yeah. As opposed to like you know the ongoing pastor who's already there and established, and where I'm getting at is that it it, it it's like it it's going to be something that we're all going to experience. That in time, our generation are going to have things as progressive as we are. We're going to be the next generation that are going to be like, yeah, but let's let's not change this. Let's have this be the standard point and let this only be the standard. Um, and I think I came to that revelation when I realized that like, like that it's just something that happens with age and, and human beings were kind of wired to at some point be that way. But the, the way I see it, 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 it 
I think it goes back to something you're pretty much articulating that the older and then the new generation, we kind of need each other. We keep each other leveled. Yeah. You know, in, in the government, you know, like there's like three different types of like classes of like senators. Like they don't just have like one, uh, one person get elected and then like that's it. Yeah. Two years later, they'll have someone else be yeah. president. And it's almost like, I, I'm not saying that this is exactly what it is, but it seems like it's like a check and balance system within the check and balance system where there are things and protocols that like keep the young and the old uh, balancing things or the open-minded and the conservative-minded, you know, balanced. And we've got to have proximity to you, to each other. It's like if you... How is that? How, you're, it's probably different for you, man, because like we, it's so interesting because artists, I feel, have a different relationship with age and people. And we still have our silos or whatever. But, you know, it, it's not uncommon for you to see a 25 year old hanging out with a 45 year old. Mm -hmm. That's not uncommon in the music. Uh because somebody's doing something or can do something better. Yeah. And the, the level of collaboration is different. But once you have that, once you have that multi-generational proximity to older and younger, you can, you can pass the knowledge down. And if you're, and sometimes you're doing that through a common interest. Sometimes it's sports. You know, for us, it's music. You know, because that's, that's what that's what gets two people in a room who normally wouldn't be in that same mm -hmm. room and yeah. then through the objective of trying to do this song you just land in some other stuff because you're trying to hit a vibe and then you share information yeah. Yeah. and then you expand and that's and that's how it is we've got to take that i feel as a culture and replicate it just across and just yeah. how the generations even interact with one another. Oh man, that's really good. It's really, really Cause really we, good. you know, that's just how it goes. Um, what's going on on the lady front? Sorry? Like on the lady front. Oh, like relationships and stuff. Yeah, yeah, my bad, I should've said relationships. No, 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 you're good, you're good, you're good. I, I swear, I swear. Um, these days if I'm interacting with anyone, it's like, friends okay and at most it would be benefits but looking for genuine friendship is most important to me um and i think had you had even said this earlier in the year there would have been a totally different like <laughs> answer what would your answer have been in january if i asked oh, man relationship i can't do i can't do all this no i need someone i, I need i need someone because like at the top of January, that that's the mindset I was I was still having because prior to that period of time, the last kind of relationship I was in was like a, a real relationship. The five year joint, yeah, right? Yeah, five years and some some months. Um, that that was my introduction to like infatuation and love in that way. And I guess it was going to happen to a lot of people because we're we're young and in our youth, wherever we start, you know, you're gonna yeah, yeah. you're gonna get all that. But um, one person experiencing a time with them around January, and then 
having that happen just a couple more times, you start to realize, you know, the, the space that you're in, the mindset that the people around that age are in, it, it, we can't hold on, or I can't hold on specifically to that idea that if I'm walking into a relationship, it has to be a relationship and it has to, it has to be the, the, the end goal. Yeah. For me. It um, does. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, is it hard to set your, set your uh, intentions nowadays, Dayton? For me, no. Um, the more, and I, I think a part of it is, I mean, off rip, I try to be as honest as possible because I'm in a space and a mindset where it just feels uncomfortable trying to hide certain things from people, especially when it becomes, you know, let's have a relationship or like let's be friends, benefits, all that stuff. It can be tumultuous if you don't like come in with honesty. So off rip, it's like an honesty thing for me. Um, Is it respected in the interaction? Because I, I give you the reason I'm asking because I got, I got female friends in their oh. 40s. They want to get married. They want to have kids, but they say they don't want to tell the dude on the first date because it turns them away. I'm like, well, that's exactly what you want to what you want to wait for. Mm -hmm. But they're they've at least expressed some concern, yeah, or some hesitation about being honest about their intentions up front, and that that's why I was yeah. asking you yeah. if it, is it is it something that. Uh, is a, is a challenge or that turns people off in your, in your age bracket? Uh, with, res with, with mighty respect to the people I've been with, I won't be like uh, transparent about it, but from all the interactions I've had, I don't think it's really bothered me personally. Um, yeah, no. It, okay. Yeah. And, I've, and I've, I've, I've met some people, yeah. What um, I asked you about the old, the younger generation is what is there? What are we getting right in our view of y'all, and what are we exactly one hundred percent wrong with? Hmm. Or I off base? I can't say if it's anything like one hundred percent like wrong or anything, or, or rather even one hundred percent right. I feel like for me, the way I see it, that you guys get really well is truly organizing, um, at least to some degree. Even the messiest of the older generations, there needs to be a reason why they do something. Because they've gotten tired of bullshitting in their youth, essentially. Or that from, from, from the time they've been born, they were raised to be that way. Either way, I look back, let's say, at my teachers at school. And I look back at all the times that they wanted me to get my soul fetched down, even though I had perfect pitch. I think about all the times that they had ever told me that learning to write music specifically this way was so important. Because aside from the way you could explain something in layman terms, there's a general concept that can work, that can truly work to, to help anyone who comes into contact with that kind of like framework. Um, 
and you realize to some degree you can't escape it. Now, in my youth, I, youth, I'm still young, I keep saying it, but like, I know there have been times where I've been turned off just by the sound of how it'll come out when, when older people start to talk about things where it's like, um, we're in the period right now where a lot of us are very independent. Mm-hmm. And we make our music the way we feel it and we see it and we touch it, you know? So that means down to the genre, we may not want to define ourselves in a genre because it's already hard for us. So we'll come up with these names henceforth. I don't know why, but there's Neil Soul Pop. Like, I, in, my, in my realm, in my perspective, like, that's what I find to be because it doesn't really feel like Neil Soul. Okay. But to my teacher, he'll probably be like, it's Neil Soul, and that's it. Or he'll be like, oh, it's totally jazz. And where I'm getting with that is the fact that having that framework, you realize they're kind of right. At the same way that you can, you as a, as a person, like me being 25, I'm also right too. Yeah. Because, you know, jazz of the 40s, we're talking about like people like Barry Harris, like one of my great uh, inspirations in the jazz world, who's like the Richard Feynman of like explaining bebop. He he has this idea that Charlie Parker, or at least when he, uh, until he passed, he had the idea that Charlie Parker was one of the greats and that ever since then, we've hit like this fall of Rome, <laughs> you know, this empire of jazz and there needs to be a renaissance, you would say. But my thing is like, I, I don't connect with Charlie Parker and that's no disrespect to Charlie Parker yeah. at all. I don't personally connect with him I connect with people that came past. I connect with people younger than me. Um, Domi and J.D. Beck, prime examples. Jazz prodigies, of course, yes. But honest musical minds. Yeah. And it sounds like they're really doing things they really want to do. And they sound like they're setting the new standard. Unintentionally, but surely. Jacob Collier, who's like a little bit older than me, like I look up to him in ways because in my in my younger days of being like, we're talking like teens, aside from Michael Jackson, it was him who I realized there were certain things that I could hear in his music that sounded like it felt like me too. And I feel like going back to the whole idea of like, uh, you know, frameworks and stuff, if I were to just accept the uh, the older the older mindset of you know listen to Charlie Parker no one else I wouldn't find the beauty in Jacob and the people yeah. who have their own standards so going back and, and making it simpler again I'd say organizing uh, of the older generation is something that you guys get in average one hundred percent like you know I, I feel like you guys get that right as well as wrong but it's there and it's true i think it's important is it important for you to fit into a genre no me personally no no not really i really just do it at this point because um being open-minded about marketing or being open-minded to someone in business who i may come into contact with there will be a need for a framework because People make money and capital off of it. Because so. I wouldn't know how to 
Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I, like, for real, for real, aside from that name, I, I don't know. Because, like, there's a lot of stuff I just do. And I was, I, I'm telling you, man, I can't. <laughs> like, is this a hymnal? Is wow. this is this is this, you, is this coming out of oh man oh. out of a hymn book? Oh wait, that's right. To piggyback, I just remember I didn't really, as I thought back as we were still talking in real time, I realized I didn't really get to get into like the inspirations, like all of them. Okay. Um, if if you don't mind. No, not at all. Because when you said hymnals, it made me think back to like okay, who you know, name yeah, for the songwriting processes and stuff like that. All of that for real, for real. Aside from Michael Jackson and Jacob Collier, I'd have to say John P. Key, like who's like gospel legend, one of my favorites. I used to live uh, a lot of his work. Like, like I used to like, I was like three, three or four, and there would be like this concert that my mom had on VHS tape. Oh, VHS tapes, and we'd watch them, and and, and I would. I would just be immersed in it. I would love every single song he did. And I love just the craft of, of how he arranged and got everybody to do stuff. So John P. Key is definitely there. Um, I'd have to say, like, the more eclectic people, I love me some Flying Lotus. Like some who? Flying Lotus. Oh, yeah. Flying Lotus, the Flying Lotus. Um, my inspirations, they go into this guy, uh, Devin Morrison. Devin I've seen Morrison. you post his name a, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Devin Morrison, um, he's he's the maker and the and self-proclaimed king of dream soul. Um, and when you hear his music, at least when I hear his music, it's like I've I've definitely pulled from that, you know. Um, some other inspirations I have to think about. Oh yes, the Graves Brothers. So, actually, I'll say it like this: the Jazz Giants. Just look them up. That's when you have. Um, Thundercat, and you have Ronald Bruner, you have Kamasi Washington, you have um, Cameron Graves. I was about to mess that up. Um, you you have was Taylor in that too? Was it the Graves Brothers? Graves Brothers, yeah, Graves Brothers. Just look them up. Graves Brothers and Jazz Giants. Just look them up. Okay. Amazing. Um, and I'm saying all of this. Not even finishing the list yet. There's this guy. This will be controversial, I swear. But I, I, I just like the music because that's how I found this guy first. R. Kelly? No. No. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like no. that? Did you, no, yeah, 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 yeah. It was good. It was good. It was good. It was good. Um, yeah. Um, there's some other people in there. Um, oh man, who was I about to say? Who was the controversial? Damn, my bad, yeah, dude. No, no, I no, hate no, you're, I good, you're good, you're good, you're good. It's actually funny because now I'm thinking about a couple more people who are kind of controversial. Um, it's not Giordano, Bru uh, Giordano Bruno. He's he's a different guy. Um, Jesualdo from Italy. Jesualdo. When you look up that name, Jezza. Jesualdo. It's um, G E S U. D, no, G S U, A, L D O. Yeah, Jesualdo. He's a he's an Italian composer from like centuries ago. But the thing about him is, in his arrangements, long before it was like, a thing for jazz musicians to do chromaticism. He pretty much was exploring with that. He What's chromaticism? Chromaticism is like any time, okay, so you have to, uh, let's see if I can like relate this to something that just like feels like it. 
Best way I can do it. Can can you hold a note? Yes. Okay. So I go, uh, do that. Uh, I go, so we'll so keep it keep it there and then I'll try some stuff. Uh, That's chromaticism. Where you sing something like that, you keep it steady. But then I underneath you do some things that that sound like a steps, like like stairs and you're walking down them. Okay. Um, that that's that's one of the ways you can describe it. It doesn't get it all together, but that's one of the ways you can think about it. Chromaticism. It's that motion okay. that you're hearing. And the thing about Jesualdo is that he did that everywhere in in his songs. But the people of the time didn't mess with it. They were like, he's an amateur. You <laughs> okay. practically said people like Miles Davis, Herbie Hancock, all these guys are amateurs because they do these things too. So yeah, Jezewaldo, I look up to him a lot because it was one of those things where musically, but also as a human, it was teaching me, be yourself. Yeah. Because it's not really going to matter. Now, again, when you look at this guy, I'm not saying be yourself to that extent because this guy was kind of wild. <laughs> like, okay. He, he was a murderer. <laughs> no, <sorry>. Yeah. <laughs> also, that means, okay, yeah. be yourself, but don't be yourself. Don't be yourself. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I pity the psychopaths. <laughs> I pity y'all. But yeah, I would say, yeah, there's a lot of inspirations and that's where I'm drawing from all these different people and other people I didn't name. That's where these sounds come from when I'm just listening to them and getting that in me. You, uh, what is that you like about scatting? I really love how every note has a purpose. It's telling some kind of story within the story being the whole song and the form and stuff. Just it's like using basically a, uh, like kind of like how you do with like a saxophone or something. But you're doing, yeah. the, the, the voice is emulating that, I guess, to yeah. a degree. Yeah, yeah. Because you can be speaking mm -hmm. with a saxophone when you're, when, you're, when you're doing those runs and that yeah. kind of stuff. It's just... I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, it, it, I have like my own personal hypotheses, or hypothesis, I don't know, about how music works in relation to other stuff, where my understanding of how rap has worked these past 20 years okay. has been, I have felt that essentially jazz of its day and rap of its day being now, you know, they're more similar than they are distant, at least from my framework of, of understanding these two. Break that down. So in jazz, you have the scatting elements, right? Let's just talk about just a singer for now, right? You have the scat elements of it where over whatever someone is playing, you're improvising through your phrases and your words, but it's prolonged speech, so it's singing, you know. With rap, it's not prolonged speech. It's, it's, it's speaking rather than singing, and you have these words. So that's phase one of that, right? Phase two is looking even deeper and being like, okay, so in jazz, what are the elements that come into scatting where rapping has those elements too? Rhythm, why rhythm? Because in jazz, what tends to be the thing that they do on swinging beats? You know, it goes like, uh, 
the jazz singer would go like, da 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 literally rap but make sure that the rhythms are over top of the beat in the same way that it can be written as if you were singing but now you're speaking so it's like one two three four mic check one two three four and they'll they'll, they'll literally rap and rhyme i'm not good at rhyming like that on the spot okay. but, <laughs> I, but I think you get that and that's phase two phase three and all the other ones that i could ever think of is like it's taking those principles, those small principles, and just having fun with them. Now you're changing the rhythmic motif that you set up. Where like you go, and then rappers will do the same thing with their flows because that's what flowing is. Yeah. So it's like for me listening and and and, sing, and singing in that way. That's the way I could make rap make sense in that way. And we keep doing it. Now we've hit like where jazz had a bebop phase. It's almost like a trap dynasty kind of hap like kind of thing happening in rap. Is that where so like Kendrick's latest album? Mm -hmm. There's so many um, motions in some of the songs that almost take me back to some of like the jazz. Um, motions when they were like transition and start one way and then move into like something a little bit darker or whatever. And I'm, it, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because I'm thinking about noticing that in some of the the rap projects. Trent Kendrick's name just came to mind because it's something that I noticed that he does. And it's funny I mentioned. It's funny I felt it in in some of your songs. You're not. Um, I felt it in Nature Boy. Oh man. Yeah, they so even because because what the song is, yeah. it's there are like two motions that are taking place in the song, at, at least two. Yeah. With what you did in the beginning with like the harmonies, and then there's something else that comes in and you completely switch it up yeah. when the rap comes in. And it's all relevant, but there's this common thread yeah. that yeah that you weave from beginning to end, regardless of how the motions or the, or the phrasing within the song itself changes. Yeah. That's what I feel like you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. A, a, a bit of it, like with um, song structure and things of that nature. Yeah, the, there is always gonna be the consistent line, but that seems to bleed in how I try to think about like genres a lot. Um, if that's what you were getting at. I want more of that. Mm. More in, of a, like a, the oh, connecting yeah. it with, with hip hop in the same way. I, I wanna I wanna go on a sonic journey. I want I, I, I'm in the same way that jazz invites you to think differently. Mm -hmm. I want hip hop has the potential to do that too because of the fundamentals that are similar to one yeah. another. Yeah. But we're not expanding the 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 sonic palette mm. wide enough in hip hop to give the creative room for 
for for MCs or even producers to do it. Mm. At uh, least that's how I feel. No, I get it though. I get it because like even though I don't even necessarily know all the ins and outs of how it works with the music industry in that way for rap, it feels like gatekeeping for sure. Yeah, it, it feels like you know there should be more people under like the same people that are doing uh, like Kendrick, right? Kendrick does his own thing. He's always got his own lane. Tyler, the creator, is doing his own thing. He's, he's doing his own thing. Like, and it's working. They're both working. And they're very different. Very, very different. You know, the essence of them are, are, are like similar, at least when I listen to them and even hear them talk about their processes and everything. Because they're just being real. They're just being themselves. Yeah. But nonetheless, you know, there shouldn't be just those two. Doing it, and they, do it. and both of those people yeah, yeah. include everything we're talking about. Yeah, quite literally. Yeah. Quite literally, yeah. those, and, and they are the ones yeah. that stick out the most. Even um, what was I going to even say? Kanye used to be able to do it. Oh, like uh, you're talking about like 808s and heartbreak, kind of like that. Even yeah. even um, the blacks, uh, the one with the high um, black, uh, black skinhead and all that. What, what was that yeah. joint? Uh, the name of that album? Uh, but uh, the, that one. That was, uh, wasn't that Jesus? Jesus. Yeah. Expanding the sonic palette. Yeah. It, it, it's yeah. very jarring. Yeah. Kind of like when you were describing black fear mm -hmm. or black pain, mm -hmm. it, 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 those sounds and those pitches are designed to make you uncomfortable. Feel that, yeah. You, you, you're supposed to feel it. It's deliberate. Yeah. But we can go there. Like the, the permission has been granted by someone, Kanye or whoever, to say, okay, go do that thing. Mm -hmm. I've given you access to this palette. Now, yeah. because he's the guy. Now we can go, you do black pain, you can go and draw from some of the elements of it, but I feel like the challenge now with independent artists, because there's so much content being made, there's so much music, so many people can make something now mm -hmm. that even if you are doing something avant-garde or different, or, you know, mm -hmm. you still gotta bust through. Cause as much music is being made, there is only still 24 hours in a day. <laughs> so we only gonna be able yeah. to do so much and listen to yeah. so much. So um, that's the challenge I, I think for y'all is like, yeah, he can do it. But it's once, once somebody elevated does it, mm -hmm. There are people behind them on a lower level who can be drawn from that stuff if they want yeah. to. You know, as you said that, I thought about this, where there are people, like, going back to Jacob Collier, I don't even know if this is really what he planned on doing for this specific purpose. But he's able, since I'd say about 2018, at least from seeing it, that he's able to work with people of different genres, of different backgrounds, you know, they're still musicians and all, but they're different plays sonically, uh, 
maybe brand wise, you could say. Mm-hmm. But they they come to they come to him or he comes to him, he comes to them, and they make they make music that seems to not only work, but it brings people who didn't even know Jacob into his world. Yeah. And I find that to be very beautiful. I think they're again going on to like the people who had set the standards and stuff. I think because he's doing that, there's only going to be wiggle room for maybe two other people to be able to do that ever again. Because he's already like in in the middle of him going trajectory like trajectory wise up, this is already making it better. And what I've noticed or I'd rather say red, is that at some point when trajectory happens for innovation purposes, you know, a couple people do it, and then the hype and the ride of it just goes down. So it's like, I think that also ties into how hard it is for people to cut away from the noise. Yeah. But then on the other side, I think, oh, I'm getting trapped in this loop, but I'm, I'm, okay, I'm okay with it. I think that's what Jacob is inherently doing for him and what he stands for. He's cutting away from the noise. There's low-hanging fruits that he could have like bought yeah. into, which would tie into him being a producer, him being just an arranger, him being just an instrumental teacher. I mean, he's also like really good at math. He could have been a math teacher if he wanted to. You know, all these different things. Blah 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 blah. Highly talented yeah, brother. Yeah, very. Very. In a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane. But there again, in his own way, he's cutting from the noise. I feel like that's the best thing that I could see myself one day accomplishing to do. To cut away from the noise at the right time, at the right moment. Like... Like cutting a ribbon. Like, I, I just, like... I think that's the best thing anyone could really do. It's so... We want to make something, but we also want it to be seen and heard and appreciated too, right? And we do a lot of things to see what sticks, to see what resonates. If you catch a wave, the average person would say, let me just try to keep doing, keep doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. That's what a capitalist would say. Mm -hmm. An artist would be like, okay, that's cool. I did that and made that. Now I got to go on to the next thing and make the next thing. And the practice of letting go to that degree, to even use your phrase, cutting away, mm -hmm. There's a lot of balancing the ego that's associated yeah. with that. Yeah. And a lot of faith, bro. Because if you do an album, it's like even with Miles Davis, everybody wanted kind of blue. He like, I did that joint. Mm -hmm. I was there. I made it. I moved on. Why are you doing bitches brew? This don't sound right. This is on some other shit. I don't like how. Yeah. But he just got to make. You yeah. just gotta make. And that cutting, that cutting away, I think we will, the, the people we will admire the most, 
and inspire the most will be those I feel who who know how to do that well because they're staying true to the mission. Mm-hmm. And it's just oh, to make mission. whatever yeah. is in you yeah. be the vessel that the universe has called you to be. And everything else will work out. It's when you start, it's when you start twisting the dial and making adjustments, will they get it mm-hmm. to where it's just like it, it, it starts to um, we're aligning with something outside of ourselves, basically. Yeah. And I think that that's where a lot of the anxiety comes in. It, there's more anxiety, I feel, that comes along with that than it is just fucking doing it mm-hmm. and then getting better at that. I see, yeah. Over and over and over yeah. again. That's true. And I don't know, Kanye was good at it. I'm a Kanye fan, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's one of the most genius motherfuckers to have ever lived. That's just how I feel. I don't like it. I, that. Don't mean we can be best friends. Like, like objectively, like and, I, I think and hang out. I think, it's, I think it's true. He's he's definitely up. He's same with Tyler, the creator, bro. Yeah. Like, he he is. He's that dude to yeah. me. So, but but it's but they're different. I feel like I feel like what they do is true. Yeah. I feel like what you do is true. And all that means is you, like it like I don't even know you, bro. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's you. Yeah. I just want you to get more comfortable being you. Because that's going to help me be more comfortable with me being me. Like I I need more the world needs more people being comfortable being them. And it's weird because it's easier to be something else. Yeah. Oh, but it hurts more too. It hurts more, but it's it's oh. it's it's easier. Yeah. You know, it's it oh. to make your music mm-hmm. with your earrings, bro, with your smile, with the song topics. That's not easy. It's not. But I'm glad you do it, bro. No shit. Thank you. And if there's anything that I can do through my either my 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 love, my inspiration, a friendship, a kinship, uh, you know, conversations, whatever it is, you are a special dude, bro. And 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 I'm glad to whatever degree you've been able to sustain and to make space for you and your voice and your sound. I, I, I appreciate that. It's needed in the world. Now, you know, refine that shit, get better, more comfortable yeah. at it. Yeah. I don't even know if what I'm saying is right, bro, but it's just, it's just what I, it's what oh, I feel when I listen to your music and when I see you talk, so. I thank you. You're a beautiful cat, dog. Thank you. I mean that. You came out with an album in 2021. Mm-hmm. Came out with an album in 2023, 2022. Yeah. The Storm mm-hmm. came out in 2023. Yeah. A single, a couple months back. Yeah. Are you working? Is is that going to be a part of a, a full album that's coming out? What 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 what? Uh, you sent me some other stuff. Yeah. 
and thank you. I, I obviously I ain't gonna play none of that because I don't know what that is or where it's going. <laughs> what you working on now? Oh, more music, more music. I think for a while it's going to be singles, but the plan, the plan that I have to put in motion, is to just do more music videos. Um, I think in the same way that I cared so much for the albums. I think there's just so much that's still left to be articulated in the music that can be paired with videos. Um, so Storm will have its own thing. This new song I'm working on, which has an artist named Lauren, or Rin, sorry. Um, she's going to be on, on, on one of the ones that I've literally been working on the past two, three days. Okay. It's, it's called, no, I won't say it now. I'll wait. Is there a reason why you're working on singles as opposed to an album? You not you don't feel inspired? Mainly, it's just, yeah, it's like the trajectory or, or like the angle in which like I'm, I'm sitting in right now. It's like less album, more singles. Okay. Just feels that way, yeah. Who's the woman who was on uh, Reggie? Oh, my God. Reggie, the wonderful artist. They, um, so we go back from like college years. We go back. Reggie's had my back. And I've had Reggie's back for a minute. And when they came to me, it, it was during the 2020 period. So this was COVID. Yeah. Pretty much we hit each other up, asked what we were doing, and we were like, yo, about this uh, song that we tried to work on when we were both in Los Angeles, what are we doing? When I tell you, that is one song I'm glad it was on the album. I'm what was the name of again with a C? Challenge? Changes. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. I like that. Wonderful. Her That's voice. Wonderful. Can yeah. I find her music somewhere? So, yeah. So check it out on Spotify. What is it, like R-E-G-I-I -I or something? Yeah, yeah. I loved her voice, man. It complimented... Uh... That's one song I have to say that uh, I didn't necessarily just write by myself. Like, that was literally Reggie too. Like. Brilliant, freaking brilliant, I must say. Um, all right, so Storm and just singles. Go check out Storm. That's a new one. I like that one too, but the other ones were just, they were just all in my. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, good luck to you, man. I have no doubt that you, more people are gonna know about you, man. And I'm, I'm glad, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad and honored I could say, oh yeah, I had the brother before he was da 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 da. I wanted to say that I've met you because throughout the entire time, I haven't felt uncomfortable. I felt like you wanted to get to know me as a person. And I truly cherish that because I don't, at least like in public places, anything dealing with business, even like negotiating, I don't get those vibes so easily. So I really appreciate you for the human you are and having me be on here so I could just be human, you know? Yeah. Um, 
and I appreciate the the advice to let go, to like, but like really let go, and and to appreciate just the fact that I am who I am, that it doesn't have to be about the world as long as you're still in it, you know, running the race that you are. Thank you.